What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What up? This is Cool Rock Ski of the legendary Fat Boys. You're rocking right now with the Fascination Podcast. Stick them. Ha, ha, ha. Stick them. Yeah. AV in your ears, that's Ampus being giving you this audio visual down the most interesting street in the world with my boy Steve, Fascination Street. Y'all already know, let's get it when you went for the Fascination Street. What Welcome back, Streetwalkers. This is a return appearance by James Moses Black. This is his third appearance on the show. I'm super grateful. I always have fun talking to James. He is hilarious. In this episode, we talk about a bunch of things, but we really focus on a film that he has that just came out a couple of weeks ago on April 13th. It's called Renfield, and it stars Nicolas Cage, Aquafina, Nicholas Holt, and Ben Schwartz, as well as James Moses Black. Duh. So we talk about Renfield and what it was like to film it in New Orleans with that crazy cast of characters. And then we talk about a couple of the short films that James is in the process of making. One of them focuses on a little-known historical event revolving around Nat King Cole that happened in the 50s, I believe, which is an insane story. I can't believe I didn't know about it. And we talk a lot about this other film that he is trying to get made that he has written. It's called 55. It, again, is based on a true historical events, and it's just the coolest thing ever. I can't wait to see these films get made. And I can't wait to see Renfield, which came out in theaters April 13th, everywhere, from Universal Studios. And this is my third conversation with actor James Moses Black. Prepare to be fascinated. Prepare to be fascinated. Welcome back again to Fascination Street Podcast. This is the third time, James Moses Black. Welcome, bro. What's up, man? Hey, man. The third time is a charm for the fourth time. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we spoke, you were explaining that you had a really, really crazy side effect from getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Do you remember what it was and has it subsided yet? Yeah, I had uh, I think the number one thing that I got from that covid vaccine. Um, uh, yes, it has subsided because it was comfort. <laughs> no, what what you got your side effect from getting the covid-19 vaccine was that you woke up light skinned. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I did say that. <laughs> so you woke up as part of the DeBarge family. Yeah, Chabico. Chabico. Now, I think we could just go with Jamosis. Yeah, Jamosis or <laughs> El Jabico, you know. Love it. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, man. So, like I said, it's been a while. Oh, uh, Streetwalkers, we're not going to do that whole get to know how he got from where he was to where he is because we did that in the first episode. So, go back and check out his two previous appearances. This time, we're going to talk about a couple of other things. We might touch on some of the older stuff, but all of James's history. And uh, and how he got to be him is in the previous episodes. Hey man, how's the sneaker resale side hustle going? You know, I had a couple mishaps. One was Kanye. He was a mishap all himself. Why whatever do you mean, man? <laughs> so I uh, had to put those shoes down for a while, but I I just got away from it. I, I collected some really good, great shoes, man. But it's a serious business that uh, that sneaker stuff. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh, it's crazy, man. I think the number one selling sneaker is Nike, but then the number two selling sneaker is Nike Resale. It's crazy. Isn't that insane? That's so insane, nuts. Man. It's insane. I do have a couple of them in my closet that I could sell, but I just, um, yeah, whatever, man. You know, sure. I'm still taking a bashing over the, the ye thing. You know, I bought a bunch of those to resell and all of a sudden, nah, just stick them in the closet. We're done for a while. Yeah, they'll so. they'll they'll come back. <laughs> so here's what you do: is you get some cool sneaker customizer to paint little straight jackets on them. Right, right. And you could call them yeah. crazy Yeezy. Straight ease, yeah. <laughs> Crayese. There you go. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Also, the last time we spoke, you had recently come off of doing a pretty cool thing with the NBA playoffs, but uh, how's your uh, voiceover career right now? It's good, man. I, I've, uh, I've, I went on a string of uh, ADRs this year, including um, Fast and the Furious 10. So I was a, a voice replacement for one of the actors and the director actually asked me, he's like, why didn't we just hire you as the actor? I was like, I don't know. Really? Did you replace an entire character's voice for the whole thing? Yeah, an entire character's voice. Really? Like James Earl Jones style? Like that? No, no. Like more, this dude was kind of light in terms of his voice, and they wanted him to be more commanding. Plus, he fumbled the lines, and, you know, that's a 300 40 million dollar movie that they weren't going to just reshoot that part. So they brought me in to do his voice or do a voice over his voice. Wow. So in that kind of a situation, do they tell him or does he just get to the movie theater and go, what the fuck? Yeah, it's kind of sort of like what happened to me and Logan. You still get paid. He still gets his money for the movie and he still gets whatever credit. It just happens that when he hears his voice, he goes, what? <laughs> yeah. I wish y'all all could have seen his face just now. <laughs> that was awesome. And it's the same way with me. I I have I just worked lesser hours than he did. But it's the same thing. Same, same residual, same thing. So, Is your name going to be in the credits of that movie? And the sound department part of it. It'll just say like additional dialogue or whatever. Yeah, ADR, whatever. Without saying it, is this a name that we would recognize? No. Uh, the one before was a great name. I did, uh, in what was it, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, I did uh, Nick Fury's voice in a couple of uh, a couple of scenes. 
But no, this is a sort of a, a no name. But listen, all the credit in the world to this guy. He got in Fast X2, which is going to probably rake in, you know. Yeah, a billion. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, good, good for him. So he's in Furious 10 and Fast X2? Uh, Furious 10. They call it Fast X. So, I'm gonna kill myself all, with all these dumbass. Yeah, I, 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 I just know. The, oh, that's right. So the X is ten. Okay, yeah, Roman numeral yeah. ten. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Yes. Man, that is a lot of movies for a project that almost died out on the third one. Yeah. You yeah, know, man. like nobody was in the third one. Nobody gave two shits about the third one, and then all of a sudden, it all came back. That's right. crazy. Right. It came back big time. Tell me about your cruise, man. Can you tell me about your cruise? Yeah, man, we cruised down to, uh, it was my college sort of mid, mid-year mid reunion. We cruised down to the St. Martin and uh, St. Phillips down there. It, I've never seen water like this in my life, except in the bathtub. But I've never seen water this clear before me getting in it. And it was healing, and it was it was just a crazy trip. But it was seven days. So at the end of the fifth day, I was ready to jump. Yeah, I bet you were too. <laughs> so you're just you're just cruising around the the islands, or yeah, just cruising around on the wonder of the seas, which I woke up in the middle of the night and I was wandering around the seas, you know. So yeah, the wonder of the sea doesn't give me a whole lot of faith in that they know where they're going. Their navigation yeah. department. Wait, what? Yeah, the thing that kills me is this boat is like two hundred tons and it floats. Yeah, I don't understand how those things happen. Those I, are just bonkers to me. I don't, I don't get, get it. Like, if I jump in the water, I'm going to sink. But this 400-ton boat floats. Well, to be fair, after you sink and die, well, then you'll get all bloated, and then you'll float. How's that? Yeah, well, after, if, <laughs> if I'm not a Happy Meal for some shark at that point, you know. <laughs> so what have you been doing uh, post-pandemic, I guess, is what we're going to call that time period. Well, you know, I have been just trying to get readjusted like everyone else, and it's taken a while. You know, just when I thought the readjustment was here, here comes a strike. The writer's strike? Yeah, the writer's strike is coming, which is going to be followed by the directors and then finally the actors. You know, I'm kind of curious. None of those folks were really doing anything during COVID. Why couldn't they strike then? I don't know. Good question. (laughs) I don't know. Which of those are you? Are you in all of those guilds or any of those? I am part of the, uh, of course, Screen Actors Guild, and I'm uh, an associate member of the Writers Guild. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, they authorized a strike just a couple days ago. So Nice. You're excited? Oh, yeah. It's nothing like unemployment. You're just going to be sitting there staring at those Yeezys going, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go on another cruise, right? Yeah, no kidding. What else are you going to do? Wow. So that's super exciting stuff, man. Yeah. This is going to sound weird. I don't know how old this is. You did a movie called Black Line, the Beirut contract? Yeah, that is pretty old. Uh, They still haven't uh, put together the posts for it. So that's probably like seven years old, maybe. And it still hasn't come out yet? Still hasn't come out. Wow. Still hasn't come out, man. When that movie finally comes out and you go, hey, look, I'm in that movie. They're going to look at that guy and then look at you and go, no, that ain't you. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's so long like, ago. You look different now. <laughs> what were you, like 12 when you did that? And you're like, yeah. 
12 years ago, you know. So that is, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy, man. It's still not out yet. Just, yeah. But let's talk about something that just came out on April 13th, which was a couple of weeks ago. James Moses Black co stars as Captain Browning in a comedy horror film called Renfield. I can only imagine, based on the name Renfield, mm-hmm. that this has something to do with vampires and Dracula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I My summary is this. Oh. After Renfield's been killing for 900 years and turning all of his, you know, killings over to Dracula, he's tired of it. He doesn't want to kill anymore. He wants to fall in love. After 900 years of killing, he wants a girlfriend. So uh, he sets out to part ways from Dracula after 900 years. Mm-hmm. So his girlfriend is Aquafina. What a choice. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting decision. Yeah, if, if that's your first decision after coming out of a coma, the first person you see, oh, Aquafina. You know, so it's I don't know, man. But it's a it's a funny look at it. It 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 reminds me of the old Bella Lugosi Dracula, but with Nicolas Cage, you know. It's a comedy, believe it or not. And I play Captain Browning who is kind of working for a mafioso-type family in New Orleans on the police department. Ben Schwartz, funny guy, Aquafina, or Nora, as she likes to be called. What? Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Holt. Nora is her real name. I, I asked her about that. Get the That's fuck out of here, really? It is, man. Her name is Nora, man. I, I was I was trying to hit it. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I was curious. I said, hey, do you like Aquafina? Or is there another name? She says, I prefer Nora. Oh, I was like, okay, Nora. And then that's how I knew her name was Nora. So here's why I'm confused. Who gave her the name Aquafina? I have no idea. It didn't get that She far. did. Did she? <laughs> yes. What the fuck? Right, she was like, my far. name is Nora, but I want to tell everybody my name is Aquafina, but I prefer to be called Nora. Yeah, and then she made a song called My Vag, and that's where um, she got her lift from. So I, I went with Aquafina, you know what I mean? So I didn't know what I'd go with. Interesting. Yeah. That, uh, so how was it working with the Nicolas Cage, man? Well, you know, Nick <laughs> Nick is Nick, man. Nick, Nick is, is Nick. That's the truth. You know, it's now it's Nick at night, you know, and so it's it's different. It's Nick at night now. But Nick is cool. I worked on a, another movie we did together in New Orleans you know, Nick is Nick, man. You know, everybody has the right to uh, their own idiosyncrasies, you know, even yes. if they are idiosyncrasies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a buddy who worked with him on a picture uh, two years ago, maybe. It was a Western, and it was Nick's first Western. And now I feel like he's just branching out and doing all kinds of other things. I don't know if he's in some IRS troubles or if he's really well, just wanting to work his, his art. He he did for a while. In the last movie I did with him, he was still coming out of that hole. That, but now he's he's back, man. He's got all his you know financial whereabouts settled. Uh, he's back, and that's he's getting he's getting bread again, man. I mean, the last one that he did with the guy from the Mandalorian, you know that that made him some money. So it's just another one. He's got a string of movies out now, man. That is one of the hardest working dudes ever. He is. He's been working for so long and in such a varied career. I mean, from Moonstruck to a weird Western to, you know, to ripping people's faces off. I mean, this dude is all over the place. He's yeah. bonkers. 
He's like a white Samuel Jackson. Nah, there's no way he's that angry. <laughs> <laughs> he has idiosyncrasies. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I know two things about Samuel L. Jackson. One, he's angry. Sam just makes a whole bunch of money. I don't know how you could be angry by making a whole bunch of money. He makes a whole bunch of money looking angry. How's that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Was this filmed in uh, New Orleans? Yeah, it was filmed in New Orleans during Mardi Gras, for all things. You know what I mean? Now, and that's it- hilarious, because the last time we talked, you had just got done shooting something in Mobile, Alabama, during Mardi Gras. Lansky. Yeah, Lansky. Dude, you are a Mardi Gras-loving fool. Tell me about Mardi Gras in New Orleans this time. It, it, you know, first of all, it was coming out of the pandemic, uh, which they didn't care about. And there were millions of people. And they didn't have a lot of police. So they had to block streets off to make the traffic go a different way. So they ended up dropping me off five blocks from a hotel. So imagine that. Me, the actor James, not knowing a lot of these people in mass beads and underwear. (laughs) So (laughs) walking through the streets of New Orleans at night. So, you know, you just in underwear. That's yeah, hilarious. Beads and underwear. That's all you're seeing right now, right about now. And a bunch of flashes. So you just stop in a bar and just, you know, drink. And then you're okay. That's what I would do. But it was cool. Actually, I would stop in a bar, grab a drink, and then go stand back out on the on the curb. <laughs> <laughs> By that time, you'd be in your underwear. So, it, you know. Exactly. And I, I better be getting some beads. <laughs> <laughs> so, this film, again, it came out April 13th. Right. Everywhere in theaters, right? We're not, this is not an on-demand thing. This is in theaters everywhere. No, it's a universal movie. It's a it's distributed by Universal Pictures, so definitely in the movie theaters. Uh, how long? Who knows? I just saw something that Creed Three was available on uh, Amazon Prime. You could buy it. Yeah, I heard that too, but I also heard it's because it sucks. Really? I haven't seen it. I loved the first two. Jonathan Major's gotten a little problem, so that might have brought it down a little bit. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I hope it lasts, but there's another movie coming out at the same time, which is the new Exorcist movie. You know, I'm not, you know, I don't I don't think they're the, the same movie because one's like, you know, happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, you're going to want to bring your popcorn. The other one, you're not ever going to want to eat popcorn again. You never want to test popcorn again. Yeah, so... Now, it's interesting that it's Universal, and you'd kind of described it as one of those old Bela Lugosa movies, because Universal did all the monster movies back in the day, right? That's where, that's where their bones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the interesting part was, it's the budget of the movie was like $150 million. Of Renfield? Renfield, $150 million. And I was looking around trying to find out where they spent this $150 million on. Really? Yeah, but, and it was all, you know, New Orleans locations, I guess. But when I started looking closely, they had some elaborate setups. They they really did. They had a lot of CGI, which is pretty funny in the movie. So it, it's, it, it was cool to work with all the people I work with, uh, especially Ben Schwartz. Funny dude, man. He's a funny dude. So you've seen the final product, the finished film? Uh, yes, I have. Did you get into any crazy misadventures while you were in New Orleans like you did when you were in Mexico with Soldados o Zombies? No, because I in, in Mexico, I thought I could live. Uh, New Orleans, I thought I would die. Really? If I got, yeah, if I got into any mishaps down in New Orleans, I was just going to disappear. 
Yeah, but then you come back as a vampire. No, 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 no. I come back as my mama's son in the casket. Oh, That's what I was dude, don't, no, don't no. bring this. Oh, but then you get one of those cool jazz funerals. It just comes in the street. Oh, da, 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 yeah, da. yeah, let me be alive. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here, I'll let me go to one of those and call it even. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's the explanation. You want me to dance and he's dead? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, that's, that's weird. That is yeah. a little weird. <laughs> Tell me something from the set that happened that that is going to make me giggle. I mean, you had all kinds of crazy, hilarious shits to tell me about Lansky and SOZ. Tell me something awesome about, about being on this one. Well, I, I tell you, the guy that made it really funny for me because he was smart was Ben Schwartz. Mm-hmm. And Schwartz, was he's just an incredible improv person. So once I realized that he was good, I started. And Chris Chris McKay is, was a great director for this movie. He let us do and play as we would when we had situations. So there's one situation. We're in the we're in the police station, and uh, I'm just I'm bringing Ben's character out, and he's just did something, and now he's on a stupid rampage in the uh, in the, in the police headquarters. He's just grabbing people and talking to them, and and so he's like, now I want to have sex, and he grabs this woman who's sitting at the desk. Uh, who's been in and I go, that's a man. And and, and at first it stopped the cold. And then he said, Oh, great. Even better. <laughs> it was like, I was like, dude, you are incredible. Man. You are incredible, bro. Oh my God. Stuff like that. The whole improv of the movie, parts of the improv was just great, man. And it was just like, you know, it was, I like to act when there are options. You know, if it's scripted and all of a something, all of a sudden something happens, I like that momentum because it makes it so real. And again, I'm juggling, you know, Dracula, reality, crime, and an authoritarian person. I'm juggling this in the movie, right? Because it, it has to be funny, mm-hmm. but the funny came through my seriousness of it, right? And and dealing with all these circumstances, man. So I, I think it's going to do well, man. And you're going to laugh or you're going to scream, one of the two. Maybe both. Maybe both. A lot of married couples say they do the same thing. I see what you're doing there. I see what you're yeah. <laughs> Hey, Streetwalkers. Here's a word from our sponsors. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Let's get back into it. What else are you working on? What else is coming out? I know that everybody, especially me, is super excited about this horror comedy film that just came out a couple of weeks ago, April 13th. Again, it's called <laughs> Renfield. What else is going on, dude? What, what, where can I see you? Are you back on Snowfall? No, man, I wish. I wish, man. It's getting so good now. It's, well, it's almost, it's almost over now. It's getting to, you know, you can tell it's ending. It was such a good five-year run or six-year run, whatever so they had. Good. Yeah, it was so, it's so, it's so good, man. But I'm, I'm writing a, well, I'm done with two of them. I'm writing a string of um, short movies. It's called, they're called POVs, Point of View. And the first one that I'll be shooting in May uh, with my nephew, who is playing Melvin Franklin in uh, the Broadway production of Ain't Too Proud that's touring around the country with uh, about the Temptations. Um, we're doing one called POV, An Unforgettable Night. And it's the night that Nat King Cole got attacked on stage in Alabama on April 10th, 1956. And it just, it tells the story of him wanting to be an entertainer and not wanting to be involved with the civil rights and what was going on in the country and how those two things finally collided. And and uh, Harrell, his name is Harrell Holmes. He's doing uh, he's doing the part as Nat King Cole. So that's that's the first one we're doing. And I have fifty five, and then we're going to do another one by an author. Uh, his name is Gaines, but I, I can't even recall the title. But that's the second one we're doing. Lessons Before Dying is what it's called, and it's about a a guy who was electrocuted, who, who was falsely convicted of a crime in Alabama uh, during Jim Crow in the fifties or forties. And he was electrocuted, sentenced to death, electrocuted, and he he didn't die from the electrocution. So they couldn't do it again. And so it's that story right there. So it's really good. Was he all fucked up? Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. So are you mad at Alabama? No, man, no. It's just, uh, you know, I'm tired of slave movies. I am over slave movies. Um, what? Because I feel like I we're feel- just getting started. <laughs> yeah, you all are. over again. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> No, 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 we're just getting started on those movies. Didn't, isn't Will Smith having one another one come out or some shit like that? I hope not, man. I just I'm pretty you know, sure Will Smith has a slave movie coming out, unless it's already out and I missed it. Yeah, you missed it. it it's Emancipation, which you're probably talking about. My oh, yeah, cousin directed it. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, who's your no, cousin? We, there's a, Antoine, Antoine Fisher of Fuque. Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah. of course. Yeah. You were going to star in it, but you were like, you know what? I'm tired of slave movies. Just let Will do it. Will's having a rough year. <laughs> yeah. 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 Will's had a bad year. Yeah. He's just, he's having a bad year. You so know what, what I mean? So what made you decide to tell these stories? <laughs> just the gap between slavery and now. Um, All it seems that people tell stories of, of, of slavery. And there's, after Emancipation Proclamation, there's the Industrial Revolution that happened to America and then the things that happened to blacks in America. There's the 60s and civil rights. There's a bunch of stories in there that people haven't been told that are really relative to society today. And I think like telling those stories is good for everyone, not just black history. It's not just, it's the history of America. 
It's American history. Yeah. Right. So those those stories are important to me. I'm just taking the initiative of doing these series of some of these unknown things that happen. Right. No one knows that Nat King Cole was attacked and he became sort of this polarizing figure and in the community. Right. He was he was polarizing in the black community. Yeah, because he kept playing these Jim Crow sets, segregated audiences. He was tolerating Jim Crow laws. And Thurgood Marshall and, and Roy Wilkins, they, you know, they were telling him, man, you just because you're an entertainer doesn't doesn't clear you of being black. You're still black in the South. And he just kept doing it. And, and so it, it's it started to pull the community apart. And again, he was a heck of a singer, man. He was a heck of a singer, but he wanted to be just a singer. And you, it just you, it just wasn't happening, especially when you play Jim Crow audiences, you know, all white audiences. And then you had the all black audiences. So, you know, I thought that was pretty important. And especially with the climate, you know, when when Will Smith jumped on stage, you know, and I said, how appropriate is this? You know, this happened like 70 years ago. Somebody jumped on stage and tried to do something. Was so, it a black person who hit him or who attacked Nat? Uh, it was, it was a, uh, some Klansmen. <laughs> so no. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, wow. I won't go that far to call Will a Klansman. You know what I'm saying? I, no, let's uh, not do that. He might slap you. Actually, that'd probably be a bad idea. Yeah, that's a horrible idea. Okay, so you just briefly mentioned 55. Now you're not making that into a short, right? That's going to be a full feature, right? 55. No full feature. Yep, it is a full feature. It okay, is. good. We're still shopping that around. We've got, that's what I'm saying, man. We've got some interests, but they're oddball interests. They're like, they want me to raise half the money. And I'm like, listen, if I had half the money, I, would. I probably wouldn't be making movies. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. If I had half that money, A, I wouldn't need you. And B, I might, I might not have to work. Yeah, right. Who do I got to make a phone call to to get 55 made? Who do I got to call? Brad Pitt. He won an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave, right? As a producer? Uh, no, he won an Oscar for Hollywood, the Hollywood thing. Well, I'm pretty sure he also won a producer award for because didn't 12 Years a Slave win Best Picture or some shit? I think so. Maybe. I'm betting that he did. He won an Oscar acting Oscar for the Hollywood movie he did. Sure. Yeah, he was a producer on that film. So I think I think that's where he got it. Why you ain't in Fuqua's movies? You know, that's a that's a credible uh, question. I don't know. Do I got to ask him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So how about this? I'm going to reach out. I'm going to get your cousin attached to direct 55 and then we'll get it made. Is that a deal or. You know, if you could do it, that would be great. But I don't think that's his genre. For some reason, I don't think it's his genre of movie making. Interesting. Yeah, no, not his. Real quick, since everybody's probably super confused about what we're talking about, will you tell everybody just basically the plot of 55? Because it sounds dope as shit. Sure. 55 is about the first integrated hotel and casino in America that opened in Las Vegas in 1955 in a Jim Crow state. And a lot of people probably know the story of Black entertainers could perform at these major hotels and casinos, but they couldn't stay there. Uh, so they had to move to the or stay on the northwest side of Vegas, which was predominantly black at the time. Uh, and this hotel opened on Bonanza Road. If you're ever in Vegas, the sign is still there. The, the land is a National Historic Landmark. 
even though the buildings aren't there. It opened during 1955 and closed the same year, but it was the hottest thing in Vegas. It cost $3 million at the time to make or build, which is equivalent to about $900 million today. And the story revolves around this character, Phil, who seemingly is a a white guy from New Orleans. But when we get deeper into the story, he has some other details about his biological makeup that aren't evident when you see him. And that whole thing turns awry. And he may, he has to make a choice about who he is and, and who he's going to be versus what his perception is of him. It's really good. There's music in there. It's not a musical, but there's music. We use music really well in the movie. Well, I mean, there was a lot of music, not only in 1955, but there was a lot of music in the casinos and the hotels. I mean, Absolutely. Those places were built for performers. Performers, right. Yeah. I mean, you look at the time. Did you see Elvis? I mean, Elvis, was a, a, all the marquees had like performers' names on them. Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. It was just built around entertainment. So here's a question. Is there going to be a scene or a shot where they show the marquee and then the lead character's name is written in red? Here's why I'm asking. Have you ever seen that? I'm sure you have that photo of Frank, Dean, Sammy, and mm-hmm. another of the fool. And they're standing in front of that marquee that's got all their names on it. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy's name is in red. Everybody else's name is in black. And you wow. know why that was. Well, probably I, I tell me, I have a guess, but. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Sammy, but um, Sammy Davis Jr. is a black man. And so they wrote the black entertainers in red and the white entertainers in black on marquees. Wow. That's crazy. That is nuts. That's crazy. That is crazy. Which was my guess, but I I didn't know. Obviously, it was your guess. So (laughs) there there should be a scene where, or at least a shot where that dude's name, is he a performer or no? He's not a performer. No, he's a he's a scout. He's a scout for the hotel. So no. he gets those entertainers. Gotcha. Well, then he wouldn't have a marquee up there anyway for with his name no, on it. He wouldn't have. Be cool if it was in different letters, though. Different colored letters. I tried to recruit one of my friends who would have killed it, and then he got into some problems, and now he's coming out of it. I just told him he would absolutely kill it. And then, eh, and then I, uh, yeah. People are busy, man. People are busy. I, it's going to get made. You know, it's going to get made. So you were going to have Jesse Smollett do it, and then he, he got into some trouble? <laughs> no, 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 no. No smoke <laughs> with the Smollett. <laughs> I would love to do it, but I'm busy that day. And also, <laughs> I can't act for shit. So I'm sorry. I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> I know that we're here to talk about Renfield, which came out a couple of weeks ago on April 13th yeah. everywhere. But... Every time I talk to you, I just want to know more about 55. I think it is such an interesting story. And you said it's based on a true story, right? Yeah, the Moulin Rouge was the name of the hotel. It's it's actually based on that actual event and the circumstances around it. And and I added Phil. Phil's a fictionalized character, but Phil came from, I went to HBCU and I used to go through all the yearbooks from the 50s and 60s. And I used to see all these white people in the yearbook. And I go, well, how did how did these white people get to this black college? And they're like, they're not white, they're black people. And their lineage came from 
you know, their their families were part of a plantation and, and all that stuff that happened on the plantation. So that's where it came from, man. And I created Phil because sickle cell is, at the time, it was a black man's disease. Is it not still? It is. But at that time, oh, it was okay. really- Definitely an indicator. Right. Right. Of something. I'll be glad when it's when it gets made. It's going to get made. It's going to get made. And I think by me doing POV things um, leads up to it. So it's going to be really good. Draw some attention. That way they can go, hey, what else you got? And you go, yep. as a matter of fact. Matter of fact, when I win the uh, whatever happens in Utah and I win a couple of festivals for this uh, Nat King Cole thing, I- I'll get the buzz I need. When is that going to go to the festival? And what's it called again? It's called POV, An Unforgettable Night. So he has a song called Unforgettable. And I title it The Unforgettable Night. Did you need to get the permission of his estate to write this film? Or because it is a a public historical event, you don't? There it is, my man. You don't have to get it because it's public information. Now, I didn't use any of the music. I didn't use anything. But if I did, I would have went for like performing rights because Harrell can sing really, really, really well. So we might just do a couple of beats of the first song and then he gets attacked on stage. And the song he was singing when he got attacked is called Little Girl. We'll do a couple of things of that, but that's just a performing rights issue. How hard is it to find details on an event that most people don't even know existed? Like, how, how did you even do research on, on these events? Well, I don't even know. This is the honest truth. I don't know how I found out about this attack. I know I how I found out about it. Through me. It was about, yeah, about seven minutes ago when you were telling <laughs> me. I was like, this, I did not know yeah. this happened. I think it was after uh, Will smacked Chris. And I was, I was wondering, I said, has, has this ever happened in history where someone just ran up on stage? And Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. That's how it started. And then I was like, oh, okay, let me, I'm going to put this in. I'll put this in and see if it comes up. And boom, there's some attacks. And then. Uh, Nat King Cole came up and he went through an ordeal here in Los Angeles. I mean, he he wasn't allowed to live in his neighborhood. I mean, this, this guy was like international. And another fun fact I found out about Nat King Cole is that he smoked three packs of cigarettes a day because it made his voice more silkier. Can you believe that? And I actually uh, found a pack of cool menthols from 1955 that he smokes that I'm using in the movie. Really? Yeah. Crazy, man. So hold on. So not only was he smoking three packs a day, he was smoking menthols. Menthols, brother. Cool. Holy shit! I smoked for a long time, and I can't. I can't hang with a menthol. Or yeah. I mean, I couldn't. Oh my god, that is rough. I can't believe that he smoked that many. That's a lot. <laughs> and I, op- I just sniffed the package. I was like, oh my goodness! And he smoked three packs. That's nuts, right? Yeah. Wow. Were they filtered at least? I don't know. I that's a good question. I don't know if they did have a filter on them, but I'm sure they did. Maybe not. Like Lucky Strikes and on camels and all them shits, they didn't have filters. So they didn't have. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, yeah. That'd be crazy. That yeah. is nuts. Good lord. Okay. All right. It's not enough messing around. Let's get to it. Welcome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. James Moses Black. This is your third appearance. I can't even believe I got you the first time and that you were so cool to keep coming back. You are rad as balls. I love you. Appreciate you, man. You're playing Captain Browning in, in the comedy horror film that just came out a couple of weeks ago and uh, just came out on April 13th. 
uh, in theaters everywhere. At least it was at the time. Who knows where it is now? Yeah, man. I- <laughs> <laughs> now, if it's not in theaters, I'm sure it's going to be easy as hell to find. This is a. It's going to be huge. It's Nick Cage. It's Aquafina. It's Ben Schwartz, and yeah. it is the inimitable James Moses Black JMB. It's going to be fantastic. Also, I'm going to keep my ears peeled for POV. I mean, I know that it's really hard to see shorts. There's not like a platform that just has shorts. There should be, but there's not, I don't think. Yeah, you have to put them in the festivals. I'm making it a 30-minute short, so it's not a five-minute short, but I'm making it a 30-minute short just so I can have some entry into some festivals around the world. So. Well, I can't wait. When it does come out and it does all the things and it is all of the amazing and wins all the awards, don't think I'm not going to reach out to you and ask you if you can send it to me so I could watch it. I just just can't wait, man. Absolutely. That that story, I've never heard that story, and it sounds awesome as hell. Yeah. But in the meantime, everybody go check out Renfield starring James Moses Black. Mm. There's some other fools in there. Mm. James is a star. He's the only reason I'm going to see it. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) In the meantime, James, where can everybody find you, man? Uh, I am at uh, James Moses Black underscore on Instagram. If you're 30 or younger, uh, if you're 70 and above, I'm on Facebook. And uh, if you're 80 and above, ain't happening. If you're 80 and above, I'm in the library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in the don't, phone book. <laughs> don't put me on the Washington Post or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no TikToks, no Twitters. No TikToks. No, I don't tweet. I think uh, there's a lot enough people out there tweeting. James, man, thank you so much for once again taking the time out of your busy day and your hectic short film writing and getting made schedule to hang out and let us get to know you a little bit. But on Fascination Street, man, I really appreciate it. Appreciate you, Steve, man. Thanks for having me again. And hopefully I can bring back something special for you the next time. I can't wait, dude. It is going to be awesome. It's always fun talking to you, and I can't wait. You have a great rest of your week, man. You too. Take care, man. (laughs) Bye, buddy. Bye-bye. Opening music is the song FSP Theme, written, performed, and provided by Ambush Vin. Closing music is from the song Say My Name off the 2021 album Underdog Anthems used with permission from Jack's Hollow. If you like the show, tell a friend. Subscribe and rate and review the show on iTunes and wherever else you download podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. All the episodes are available there as well. Check me out on Vero at Fascination Street Pod and TikTok at Fascination Street Pod. And again, thanks for listening. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.